Welcome to the My Amazon Guy podcast. This is Stephen Pope, and we're going to be covering the news beat quite a bit today. Talk a lot about all of the new things that are coming out and how you need to act on them. We're going to talk about a new a tool that we just became aware of, and it could open your eyes to see how many items are connected to your item, your product, who's buying it. We're going to talk about Pinterest ads, Amazon attribution, FBA removal order fee changes, as well as a new tracking automation system for multi-channel fulfillment orders. So those are all of the items we'll cover today uh, in detail and how you as a business need to act on this information. So fun ones first, we're going to do the new spider web tools, I like to call it. It's called Yassiv. We'll put a link in the description for you. Uh, So it's, it's spelled Y as in Yankee, A as in Apple, S as in Sierra, I as in India, V as in Victor. So Yassiv.com. It's an interesting tool we came across uh, actually just today, first time we became aware of it. Wanted to share it with you because it's kind of fun. You basically can type in any ASIN or product into it. It will spit out all of the items connected to that listing. And according to the tool, it says Amazon's visualization that shows similar items based on customers who bought this also bought data from Amazon. So I don't know if there's terribly too many things that are actionable on this. It's, it's really kind of just one for funsies, if you will. But I do think it's insightful. And, and in the ways I would act on this tool if I was in your shoes as a seller on Amazon, I probably would go check out my offensive targeting capacities and, and maybe pepper in 50 of these ASINs that pop up. I would take your most popular ASIN, run a test campaign, and pop in 50 ASINs connected on the Yassiv spider web, if you will. See what happens. Put in some conservative bids. Because if people are buying these other items, chances are the inverse might be also true. They're probably going to buy your item if they found you on that other listing. The second thing you might want to do as a business and say, hey, you know, I sell wine glasses, but the number one item that's being picked up is uh, is a card. Maybe I should sell a wine glass with a card. You know, create a kit. Could be some value-adding kitting ideas or product research pickups for you as well. Not a whole lot of other things to talk about on this tool, so I'm going to move on quickly to our news beat. But I thought that was a fun one. Um <clears throat> Reviews, quick tidbit on reviews. So we have been having the hardest time in the last year removing product reviews, especially ones that actually do violate Amazon terms and conditions. Maybe they maybe they took a photo of the item that they supposedly reviewed. And it's not even the right item. We've even had a hard time removing those. So if you're a seller frustrated by bad product reviews that you feel like are unjust or unfair, you are definitely not alone. So the good news is, is that means that there's a level playing field right now. The bad news is it means when you get hit with one, it's going to stick. So uh, they used to have a downvote function where you could go into that review and downvote it. And, you know, if you want to do some shady gray hat tactics, you could actually go buy upvotes. Very easy to find those. I'm not going to put a link to that one in my video or my podcast, but uh, is one you could find on your own if you so choose. Um, but one thing we noticed this week was that reviews are not necessarily being sorted by voted most helpful any longer. There's, and so we reached out to Amazon and said, hey, uh, how are these determined? Why is one review showing up above another? And they mentioned that it's the, uh, the timing of the review and the strength of it, as well as uh, customer interaction with it, uh, as well as how many upvotes it has. So 
uh, even if you do want to engage in those shady practices and buy some upvotes, uh, you may not see those ordering of reviews change, uh, which would be valuable, especially if you don't want a negative review showing at the top of your reviews for sure. Uh, but food for thought on that. That's just a general observation we noticed. All right, let's go over to Pinterest ads. Here's another fun one. So if if I was in your shoes and I had an item that that could potentially skew to females in any regard, I would run some Pinterest ads and test this out. So I own a brand called Momster, and we usually test things out on this on this brand before we test it out for our clients. So I've got 65 active uh, agency clients. And so anytime we are, we run into a new thing, we usually test it on Momster first. And it's a great, great brand to test for Pinterest ads because it's it's wine glasses with funny sayings on them. And so, you know, Mama Shark, do to do needs a drink, that kind of thing. And and so with uh, with Pinterest, I figure, hey, if, if this brand doesn't work with Pinterest ads, no brand will, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm giving it a whirl. So I've set up some ad campaigns in the last couple of days. I actually just started it like on Thursday night. By Friday, I'd already had an email reach out from an account manager. So whenever you do go start some Pinterest ads, you go to ads.pinterest.com, you are going to get some support. And I, and I think that this, you know, this is a good 60-minute action for the week. Go open up a Pinterest account if you don't have one. If you already have one, it's going to make it even quicker to get some ads up. Uh, things I like about Pinterest ads. Number one, they have demographic targeting, which you don't have on Amazon. So if you want to skew only male and you're on Pinterest, okay, there, there probably is a demographic for that. Much smaller than the female pool, but I bet you they exist. So if you sell men's supplements, Pinterest ads actually might actually work. I don't know. We'll, we'll see You know, if, if you're brave enough to test it. Um, but if you do test Pinterest ads, make sure you set up Amazon attribution. Before I talk about that though, uh, let me give you some more tips on Pinterest ads. So the, the, the thing I would make sure you do when you set those up is make sure you put in a couple of pins on your board and a pin is basically, if you haven't used Pinterest before, and I'm, I'm not a big Pinterest guy, I, I find it confusing. My wife, on the other hand, uses Pinterest a lot. Um, they, you know, you basically pin something to a board to share with other people. And then if people follow you, they see what you pinned on your board and it kind of organically expands. It's very much like house. And when I talked to the account manager today, he revealed that Pinterest is trying to become a marketplace. That's big news. Pinterest could become as big of big as house. And I think house has really struggled uh, in the last year. They really haven't been able to scale too well. They've actually been turning away seller applications. So I don't, if you if you're one of the few that have applied to house and got rejected, don't you're not alone. Um, they 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 don't know how to scale further. I think they're struggling with it. Pinterest though, I think could have some major potential. I think that they could beat house at their game, where you've got communities dedicated to decorating rooms or or concepts and ideas and gift ideas and all these things that. Are, are circulating in a group of community who's interested in it. That's what Pinterest is, as far as I can tell. And so if you go set up those ads, you create a pin, and you can title that pin whatever you want, and it pins an image. So with Amazon, um, I think that the uh, photo requirements for the main photo are harsh. So maybe take one of your lifestyle photos and pin that instead. So I've got a, a wine glass that's filled with um, what appears to be an alcoholic smoothie, and I'm using that as one of my Pinterest ads 
to see if it gets more clicks than, say, a, kind of an empty glass. Um, other, you know, if you're in clothing, anything with a model, um, they've, they've basically toned down what you can showcase in a main photo. So you may want to use a lifestyle photo, uh, which you could be a little bit more aggressive with um, or risque, if you will. Um, so I've got a friend who owns New Wave Swim Buoy, and he has had some heat from Amazon for main photos by showing some bikini-clad women in those main photos. So he's had to shift away a little bit from that and just put in the product without a model. And some categories have been cracking down on that. So something you got to think about or, or, or keep track of uh, when doing that. Um, <clears throat> the other thing you can do with Pinterest ads, you can basically set up two targeting methods. So the first you could target by keyword and... And that is the same as what you would do with a sponsored product within Amazon. So the keywords that work for you on Amazon likely will cross-apply over to Pinterest. So you could copy and paste those over in. Or if you want to be a little more conservative, just take your best five or ten keywords and see what happens. The other thing you can do is you can target based on interest. And that demographic targeting, as well as not only the age, the sex, but interest is very valuable. Very similar to Facebook advertising. And... If, if I was going to create a, an ad for Pinterest for, you know, for any particular business, I would go through and figure out, okay, what, you know, if, if I got a wine glass with funny sayings, cool, I want anything with gift, anything related to wine, done, set it up. So that's what I did with my targeting and we'll, we'll see what happens. So I don't have enough data to reveal any results yet. It's very preliminary data, um, but I'm watching it and I'm checking it daily to see what happens. And I set up my Amazon attribution to see if any sales come in. That's very important because if sales uh, don't come in, obviously I want to shut it off. Well, Amazon Attribution is in beta right now, and if you haven't tested external traffic with Amazon Attribution, you'd need to test it, and even if you do test it, it may not work, but it's worth testing with all things beta. Seems like anytime Amazon rolls something out, there's like an 80% failure rate on their beta programs, but I test all of them, and, and so I definitely test everything on my side hustle brand before I start pitching it to my clients to have some justification and say, hey, this worked. I think it's replicatable. Let's test this out. But any external traffic with Amazon attribution absolutely needs to have some coding in place. And basically, it just adds a ref code to the end of, uh, of your URL. And quick note, anytime you copy and paste URLs over into Pinterest, they cannot have the HTTPS on them. You need to cut that out. So I had an error message when I was first trying to set mine up. It was a little confusing. And all I had to do was cut off that HTTPS and it cleared it up just fine. So get, you can get that support from that account manager. I did get an ad credit as well. They did, um, after, and this was after I set the first ad up. When I went to set the second one up, it, it gave me a, a $30 credit to spend 50 bucks. So I do think you can get access to that as well. The account manager, when he talked to me today, um, told me that they're giving a $250 credit for $1,000 in ad spend, in a, in, and you have to do that in under 30 days. I haven't seen the writing on that yet. Still waiting on that email. But if I get that, I'll check that out as well and see what that entails and looks like. Um, could be very valuable um, to get some free ads, of course, when when testing out a new platform. It's always good to get those uh, promotion credits. Um, Amazon attribution is a little bit more complex to set up uh, than it is to set up a Pinterest ad. So, so if you had to pick between, you know, shipping more items and keeping your stuff in stock, especially as coronavirus, you know, maybe making sales pretty good. I think the economy in the Amazon land is actually pretty hot right now. The last three weeks, we've seen 10% of our clients set record weeks 
Um, and not just record weeks for the year, but record weeks, period. Very, very hot market in some select categories. And, and it's interesting to think about that. I think, I think it, it could be related to Corona. It could be the, just the economy um, is stronger than the stock market makes it feel like. Uh, buying power right now seems to be pretty high from the consumer. And I'm not shaking hands right now, uh, but it isn't because of the coronavirus. I'm not shaking hands because toilet paper is running out. So <laughs> I figured I'd throw that joke in there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, toilet paper, believe it or not, there has been shortages in multiple states. You go down to that Costco and you see people piling up that toilet paper. I don't think it's because people are afraid of coronavirus. I think it's just because they're planning on a, a two-week quarantine or, or flu where they're like, yeah, I better not run out of that. Got to get my bread and milk. Got to get that toilet paper. Boy, nobody wants to run away, run out of toilet paper. Maybe that'll, maybe that's the thing that breaks the camel's back and brings bidets to the United States. I don't know. Um, if you ever, I, I haven't been to Japan. I have been to China. Um, Japan is like 50 years ahead on toilets though. <laughs> Not only are there like bidets and crazy gadgets in public restrooms, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, last thing I'll say about toilets and I'll move on from the potty humor here, but man, I wish public restrooms in the States didn't have cracks. You could look through <laughs> every other country, Europe included seems to have that one figured out. I will say though, I really do like having toilets with multiple gallons of water in them. The ones that don't have enough water to flush. Oh my gosh. Not only do they clog, but you know, uh, the, the smell permeates a little bit more if you know what I mean. I really wish that we would get away from water conservation when it came to to the toilets specifically, especially since some of the older homes have older pipes. And if you don't flush with a multiple gallon flush, it clogs the pipes up. So I think sometimes our, our, our cause to save the environment goes just a tiny bit too far. I don't think that's good. I, I, I do miss old toilets and I have replaced my new toilets of late. Well, that was a big... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, bunny hole we just went down away from Pinterest ads and Amazon attribution. Let's see if we can get back on track here. Let's switch subjects and now talk about some other latest Amazon news, and that is FBA removal orders fees have changed. So uh, historically speaking, a standard item, you could remove an order um, out of Amazon for 50 cents per item, go back to your warehouse, or 10 cents to destroy it. Here's the really big news. The removal fee and the fee to destroy something are now identical. So uh, it is no longer going to save you money to destroy your inventory. You might as well take it back. Might as well put that back in the warehouse. And quite frankly, I bet you could get 50%. So it does seem like if you're going to take an item out of Amazon, whether it's an unfulfillable or otherwise, you might as well send it back to that warehouse. Because uh, chances are half of that stock or inventory is probably in still sellable condition. And any items you take back, you could always gift those out, give those to friends and family. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Man, do I send a lot of uh, gifts with uh, stock I'm, I'm trying to liquidate. Sent my kids to preschool with, uh, with a Mama Shark wine glass and gave that to one of the teachers that we knew had kids. They loved it. Couldn't, couldn't send them with uh, some other items I sell, but you never know. Um, so easy way to liquidate items for sure, but... But all right, so let's talk about the fee changes. 
Not only is the item fee to dispose or remove now identical, it's actually cheaper for small items and more expensive now for large items. That's, that's a big change. So let me read some of these stats off to you. So if it's under half a pound, it's only 25 cents to remove or dispose. That's used to be 10 cents to dispose. Now it's a quarter, but to remove it, it used to be 50 cents. It's down to a quarter. So that's, that's good news. Good change. So from up to a half a pound, 25 cents. Up to one pound, 30 cents, one pound to two pounds, 35 cents, and more than two pounds, 40 cents, plus 20 cents per pound above. So for the most part, standard size items are getting cheaper. Oversized items, though, fees are going up quite a lot. That's a big change. One zero to one pound, 60 cents, one to two pounds, 70 cents, two to four pounds, 90 cents, four to 10 pounds, $1.45, and more than 10 pounds, $1.90, plus 20 cents. 20 cents a pound above the first. So if you got a 50 pound item, it's basically $10. So uh, when in the past, if I had oversized items or clients with oversized items at my Amazon guy, we would generally say, hey, just remove that. No big deal. Check it out. Reship it back into Amazon. Well, if I've got something I need to liquidate and it's good inventory, uh, I may not want to drop $10 to remove an item out of Amazon. That's pretty expensive. Maybe I'll just drop that price down from $100 down to $90 and see if I can move it through price reduction. Be more cost effective. Better better to get a sale than to remove an item. But if I'm selling uh, an item that fits in this palm of your hand and it's super light, man, I'm not going to destroy that stock anymore. I'm going to ship that back to my warehouse. Not only is some of that stock going to be still good and reusable, but it, since the cost to dispose of it is the same as the removal fee, I might as well send that back to the, to the warehouse. There's no, advantage in, uh, there's no advantage any longer to simply destroy items within Amazon. So something to keep in mind, FBA removal order fees have changed. I will put a link in the description with a link where you can go analyze how that might impact you. It will. Everybody has to remove inventory. Uh, next big change, new tracking automation for multi-channel fulfillment. So this just came out today. They have a new portal where customers and sellers alike can now track inventory that you've shipped out of Amazon's FBA for another channel fulfillment. So for example, if I was an eBay seller, I got an eBay order, I may just go type that into Amazon and ship it out of Amazon. Very convenient. Plus their shipping fees are pretty much the same or more competitive. Uh, in fact, last week they announced that they were going to reduce multi-channel fulfillment fee costs about a dollar across the board. So it's now cheaper to go ship that out of FBA, which is nice. Um, this multi-channel fulfillment tracking, though, has been a thorn in my side. I'd have, you know, it, it average four to five days to get an item to a consumer if you're not paying for expedited, which I generally don't. And so with that in mind, uh, number one question I got from customers, where's my item? So this cuts down on that. All you got to do now is add the email address to your multi-channel fulfillment order when you go process that, whether you're shipping to eBay or a Walmart order or an Etsy order, whatever it might be, or a Pinterest order when they launch their marketplace later this year. Uh, you can now have that tracking information get automatically emailed to the customer. So very, very valuable. It's called SwissShip, S-W-I, ship. And uh, I'll read here what it says from Amazon. Introducing a tracking website for multi-channel fulfillment orders. Multi-channel fulfillment or MCF sellers and their customers can now use a new tracking website to get real-time updates on the location of their shipped packages. 
Sellers and customers can visit Swiss Ship anytime to enter the tracking number provided when the order is shipped and get the latest updates. The site provides tracking information for all MCF orders, regardless of carrier. So for customers, shipment notifications, email with a link to the tracking site. To make sure your customers get these notifications, provide their email address during fulfillment order creation. And for sellers, after the order has shipped, the tracking number in the shipping section of the order details page will link to the tracking site. So very valuable. Uh, I think it's a long time over, overdue thing. And like most things that Amazon rolls out, they don't really tell you it's coming and all of a sudden it's just there. And if you miss the news note, uh, you, will, you won't even know it even, even exists until you go do, um, until you run into it randomly. We, we find that all the time, like the new beta display advertising where you can target past purchasers, which I think is incredible. Everybody should be doing that, but only 10% of my accounts have access to it and none of them have gotten an email about it yet. So we had to randomly stumble into that. That's actually one of the most valuable things, um, that you should have, you know, whether you're in a mastermind podcast or you got an agency, that's why you need experts. Uh, in your life. And I think I covered that heavily in my second podcast where I talk about uh, how Amazon's entering the maturity phase. If you don't get more sophisticated, you're going to miss out. And sometimes that sophistication means just clicking on everything within Seller Central until you run into that random thing that will help you out. Last thing I'm going to talk about is not newsworthy, but it is about Corona. And, and, And I see Amazon has announced that they are going to hit you for price gouging. Now, this is more of a free market spiel or stick, if you will, but I really don't like the fact that Amazon's doing this because if I have an item that normally sells for $20, but I could sell it for 50 right now as a seller, what the heck am I going to do? Of course, I'm going to sell it for 50 bucks. That's capitalism. Amazon is supposed to be a marketplace and they're, they're messing with price gouging. Now, now, of course, there is a short-term impact to the consumer. Am I saying it's fair or good for the consumer to have to spend more money on an item that they could have gotten a month ago for half the price? No, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but guess what? That consumer can go somewhere else. They can find that item cheaper. They can go to Walmart. They can go to Target and find that hand sanitizer. They don't have to buy it on Amazon. Kids' cough syrup was way stocked out on Amazon the past two or three weeks. A lot of runs on that. But when it comes to capitalism and the supply and demand, uh, what happens is when that demand goes up, that supply chain will fix it. Now, it's not going to fix it overnight. It takes a couple weeks for that to catch up, sometimes a couple months. But if Amazon messes around with pricing controls, it's going to mean that I'm going to, you know, some sellers are going to take their business elsewhere. That's not good for the customer. That means less options because now instead of them being able to get that item, they're going to have to go to those other platforms. So, so I think anytime we mess with price uh, management or price gouging, I think that's bad for the consumer ultimately. Uh, and it means that people are not going to be able to find the items that they need to. So when they're stocked out of toilet paper, when they're stocked out of that hand sanitizer, of course, people are going to be willing to pay a premium to get that two-day ship out of Amazon. There's been a huge run on that in the past month. So I hope Amazon backs off on that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so, so that's, that's my podcast today, guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, we've, 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 you know, this is the third podcast, so we still need to get some exposure here. Go out and tell three people about our podcast, if you don't mind. Um, it should soon be available within all typical podcast platforms. We have applied for those. 
Um, we'll see if we get access to them sooner rather than later. In the meantime, you can go to podcast.myamazonguy.com and you can follow and subscribe there to all of our latest podcasts. So thank you for watching. <laughs>